Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. I think there comes a, a time in all of our lives where we say, I'm just like my dad, or I'm just like my mom. And there's a reason for that. It's called generational patterns. And that can also be why you act like them, or you don't connect the dots and you're acting a certain way. And it's it goes back maybe generations before that. We're going to dig deep into that. She's a certified mental health coach, a Christian life coach, and so much more. And she's back with us. Cheryl Hines is on the program. Cheryl, welcome. How are you doing? I'm great, Steve. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you here. And I've more and more I look deeper into this, this whole generational thing. We do act like our parents. Mm-hmm. As And a great example when when I had the aha moment was my mom was very overprotective. And then I found myself being overprotective of my kids until I had the, wait, stop that. Why are you doing that? They're going to be okay. Right. Why do you got to worry about that? Um, right. Yeah. Tell us more, your, your, your belief, your understanding of generational patterns. So yesterday I um, was in taking a class. I'm just continuing education. And um, so the, the class was by David Stoop. He has a PhD through Light University. He The class was through Light University. He was talking about generational patterns, and I found it so interesting. Um, some of the things that we do, we don't even realize that we're doing it. And, you know, so I, I, one of the things that um, I know on Celebrate Recovery, one of the questions that is asked oftentimes is, what's that family secret? Um, and and what is, so, so that family secret... Um, is could be is something that's never talked about. Um, so like in my husband's family, um, his grandfather um, had to leave his job because of he, I, I don't want to divulge the that information, but he, let's just say that um, nowadays, if, if it would have happened nowadays, he would have been incarcerated for many, many years. Hmm. And he was a teacher. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was a family secret that my husband didn't know about for many, 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 many years. Um, Other people have a family secret that I know this instructor was talking about. Sometimes people, you know, they're, they're one of their parents is an alcoholic and yet the other parent covers it up so well that the children never know that their, that their parent is an alcoholic. Um, So is it, is it alcohol? Is it drugs? Is it molestation? What is that family secret? Um, and one of the things that he said is that secrets are things that we do and never talk about. Um, so, you know, they, they can be very obvious, but but then they can also be hidden. Mm. One of the other things he talked about was family myths. How many times do we hear or do we say, oh, we've got a great family, we've got a great family relationship. You know, we get along really well with our family. But then the next question is, when's the last time I talked to my brother? When when, when is that last time? How close am I really to my family if I haven't talked to my brother in a couple months? So is it just because we're busy or is that a family myth that I think? So one of the things he said is that family myths are things we talk about and never do. They're, okay. Um, these are inherited attitudes, prejudices, and belief systems that we have. So they're, so they're things that we talk about, but we never do them. Okay. Um, I found this really interesting. He said so, there's a circular communication. 
Um, and his his example was that a mom that a mother a mom called her daughter and asked, "Have you talked to your brother of late?" Now this daughter knew that her then responsibility was to reach out to the brother and say, "Hey, mom wanted to know how you were." And you know, then he expounded, "Well, I've just been busy, blah blah blah. I'm doing really well." That daughter, that daughter slash sister, then called the mom back and said, "This is this is what my brother is doing." Then the next day, the brother calls the mom, and there's never any mention that mom called the sister, and the sister called the brother, and then you know that's that's what he called a a, a central operator in the family. Um, triangular relationships, avoiding forgiveness. Um, you never say, I'm sorry. You never ask, will you forgive me? All of these are things in a dysfunctional family that for so many of us are norm. And we never even think about it. We never say, oh, we have this family secret. We have this thing that we say that we're going to the beach and we have a great family and we go to the beach every single summer together. But what they don't say is that they don't go to the beach together. They might go individually. Mom and dad might stay back at the beach house, but they're never really together. Now, That's a family that? myth. Why, why is it? Are they running from that? If they... They want to make themselves believe, hey, we're a great family. We hang out all together, but they're really not together. Right. Why is that? What do you think? It's such a dysfunctional pattern mm. that that we, we've lived in. And we don't even realize that it's a dysfunctional pattern. It's what we've always done. Yeah. It's what's been the norm of our lives. But the good news is when we start understanding these different patterns of our lives. The other pattern is, is in, and I've seen it in addicts. Okay. Um, mm. When, when, and, and I'll talk about Matt, my former son-in-law and, and he's okay. He listens to every one of my podcasts and he's the one that I suggested that I talk about this today. So hi, Matt. <laughs> um, <laughs> How you doing, Matt? Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen the pattern in Matt until Matt learned how to break the pattern. And that was when he was married to my daughter. Um, he would be nice for a short length of time. And then he, he, Keisha, my daughter would start softening a little bit. And then Matt could only be kind for so long. And then he started getting edgy and, and he started, you know, going down the pattern again of the dysfunction and the abuse. That is, he, he was an alcoholic. That is a pattern of an addict. You can only be so good for so long. And then you soften you're whoever you're with they they soften some of those rough ed not rough edges but the wall that they build around themselves to protect them but then the pattern continues again fear control and manipulation mm. and then and then they stop and they realize that if they don't stop doing what they're doing they're going to lose the loved one and so then they, in their own power, attempt to do things that to make things get better. And then 
it goes back to the fear or control or the manipulation. So it's a it's a circular pattern that happens as well in in our families of dysfunction. Um, does that make sense? Absolutely. It's it just continues. That's that's. I try to track it back to how the generational thing works. Like I look at, you know, my parents no longer here and what their parents were like. And I try mm-hmm. to trace it back and see if there are similarities. And it's not easy to do, especially when you know, you're older. Um, do you believe it's passed on year after year, you know, generation after generation? Yes. I believe it's a learned pattern. Mm. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's something that we have learned and we don't know any different we don't know any better. Okay. And, and so all of a sudden for myself personally, all of a sudden I realized that I didn't want to repeat some of the patterns. Now I grew up in a great family. I really, really did. My parents are one of the, one of the things that my parents never really knew how to do was to say, I love you. Even though I knew they loved me, I determined that I was going to tell my children every day that I loved them. But did I show them or did I just vocalize it? You know, we say we're not going to do the same thing. You said you're not going to do the same thing as what your mom did. And that was being overprotective. So where's the balance in that? And and how do we learn the balance of, of just totally letting go or being overprotective? Um, One of the things that this instructor said was that most times we think that the way to resolve an undesirable generational patterns is to look forward and make vows that in the future something will be different. However, this never seems to work. So what he said we have to do is we have to look back and understand why we did, my parents did, our our grandparents did. And then we have to move forward. Um, you, you begin to get the information you need in order to make things different in your relationship now. And he said, this requires truthfulness, understanding, and forgiveness. Hmm. And that could even be forgiveness of yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just... It's just so interesting how the dynamic of our families affect each generation. And what I know is that each generation can get worse over time because we've not learned how to identify that family secret. Or if you've been abused as as a child, and you say you're never going to be abusive. You say you're never going to, you're not going to do the same thing. But yet you find yourself doing the same thing that you made the vow that you weren't going to do. How do you get out of that pattern? How do you get out of and change the pattern so that you yourself, my me, myself, doesn't doesn't do the same thing over and over again? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result each time. Right. And that applies even to changing the generational patterns of our lives. Well, you brought up a great point before, Cheryl, in that, and, and it was a personal example where you were going to tell your children that you love them because you didn't hear it 
when you were growing up, but did you show them? And you, you even question mm-hmm. that. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, it's, it's almost like we may go halfway, but we don't go all the way. Um, it doesn't, it's not even about showing love could be just, uh, you know, overprotective. Maybe, you know, I would say things, but my actions don't follow through. Um, it's, it's, I think it, we have to get fully immersed in it and sometimes we don't. And, and to your point before, we don't see what's going on in our family. Maybe it's really dysfunctional but you don't see it because you're in it <laughs> until somebody on the right. other side, what the heck is going on with that? <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, didn't, I didn't think it was that messed up. Right. Right. Once we understand and we identify, sorry, we identify some, some of these places in our own lives or in our family, then we can start changing that for generations to come. Um, you know, One of the other things he said is that when dealing with dysfunctional family members, we need to get set some healthy boundaries to protect yourself and keep it from happening to you again. Mm -hmm. So once we start stepping outside of that unhealthiness, setting those boundaries so that it doesn't happen again. And, and, you know, that, that in itself is a whole nother conversation. How do we set boundaries? What does a boundary look like? Um, does it, you know, that in itself is a whole nother process, um, that we can, that we can talk about. Um, but I don't want to leave people hanging just with identifying the dysfunction. Let's talk about how we can get into a healing place of, of this. Okay. Um, and I said this earlier, we have to begin with truth and really understanding and what also, is going on in our family. And that forgiveness and that forgiveness, whether it's somebody else or, yeah. or, your, or yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Searching for truth. What is really under, what is really going on? Not being afraid to address that pink elephant in the middle of the room. You know, not being afraid to understand, hey, this pink elephant is here and, and and it's in the middle of the room and it's bothering me. Not being afraid to address it. Um, then we have to move on through grief to what was lost. What did we lose in our family dynamic by that generational thing that was passed from 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 our gener you know from one generation to the next then the question is what should not have been there that was what should not have been there that was that's such a profound question a deep question makes you think <laughs> like, it does very deeply like and yeah i scan back and like what should not have been there um, yeah, some thoughts in, in on my side, I think we'd all have that. If you take that, that that's, that's, that's one of those, you need a quiet moment to reflect on yeah, that one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then the anger, sadness and resignation of understanding and then stopping the behavior. Yeah. Um, you know, um, the, the, it's just, it, it's so complex and so, so, I, I mean, we could talk about this all you know, for a long time. What is that generational family dysfunction? Are you tired of it? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired is another question that we ask in sobriety, in recovery. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? 
Are you sick and tired of the family secret? Are you sick and tired of the generational thing that you know that has been there and it has plagued you for so many years? If you are, then it's time to take that inventory. It's time to look at what that is and really get to the truth and the understanding of what it is. And, and then, and for me as a Christian, you know, really inviting God into that space and really asking God to show me what it is that he, and, and inviting him in to give me that healing. Um, that can happen without being, you know, have, of like faith, but, but really looking at that, um, one of the things he said, and we talked about forgiveness a little bit, forgiveness is canceling a debt you don't know mm. anymore. Okay. So, mm. yeah, that's pretty deep too, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why am I, why am I paying with my emotions, so to speak, um, somebody else because they did something, forgive them. So I don't have to pay that debt anymore. The emotional yeah. toll of that. Yeah. Hmm. But Steve, so many times we, we don't want to forgive. I, I have worked with so many people that say to me, but if I forgive them, then that means it never happened. If I forgive them, then that means that what that person did to me never happened. And that's not truth. What happened is, is the story, is the history of our lives. But me forgiving them, like you said, is not taking that emotional toll then on on me. Not nothing to do with the person that hurt me, but it's taking it stops that emotional toll that has taken on me. Um yeah, so you know, part of the healing process is really looking at and breaking free from the negative generational patterns. It takes time, honesty, and willingness to forgive. So truth, understanding what the patterns are in our family's lives. And then, and identifying them, no longer being afraid to identify what it is. I can't tell you how many times in, in the Amish culture, I know that there are things that have happened in the Amish culture, but you don't talk about it because there's shame. You don't talk about it because there's fear involved. Now, and I talk about the Amish culture because that's my background, okay? But you take it outside of the Amish background and the Amish culture, no matter what culture it is, whether it's a Hispanic culture, whether it's it's an African-American culture, whatever culture it is, there are there are secrets that you don't talk about because there's shame. There's fear. What are people going to think if they know that this happened in my family? So are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? And if you are, then you're going to start looking at the family dynamic. Because the one thing I do know, Steve, is this. I don't want to pass on some of those broken places and that generational stuff to my children or my grandchildren. I want them to have a different viewpoint and a different outlook on life than what I did. And, mm -hmm. and I had great parents. But what is that secret? Let's address it. Let's talk about it. Let's move forward. Let's go into it and and just, you know, really look at what that generation is. Now, the Bible says that the sins of the fathers are passed to the third and fourth generation. Okay? Mm. Now it says that the sexual sins of the fathers are passed to the seventh generation. I don't want 
those sins of my third generation to be carried to the next three generations. I want it to be stopped with me. How am I going to do that? I'm going to first identify it. I'm going to first call it what it is. And then I'm going to do the hard stuff. And it starts with me. I can't blame my parents. I can't blame my grandparents. I can't blame my great, 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 great grandfather. It starts with me. Did they pass it on? Sure they did. But it starts with me. And it starts with every one of us. I mentioned Matt earlier. Matt was adopted. Matt Matt came from a family who loved him. But yet there were certain dynamics in his family that really caused Matt to struggle. And in June, he'll have two years of sobriety. So proud of this young man. Mm. So proud of him. Why is he changing his life? Because he got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And he was finally willing and able to look at the family secrets, say, I'm done with this. I'm not going to treat my three girls the same way that I was treated. I'm not going to talk to my three girls the way that I was treated. You, you know, and he has said that to us, oh, to my husband and I over and over again. I want to learn how to do different. So I don't want my girls to have to feel some of what I felt. How do I do different? And that's where it starts. It starts inside of us, each of us inwardly. What is it about, you know, so Steve, you, you said that your mom was, you've mentioned your mom. How are you going to, how, how are you taking ownership of that? How am I taking ownership of that? What am I doing different? Am I, am, I said I, to my children all the time, I love you, but do they really know it? Now I want to think they do. Because my one other son, Jeremy, and I'm talking about my kids today, but one of my my son, Jeremy, said, Mom, he said, we I love to come home. He's married and has three children. I love to come home because home is safe. Hmm. Home is peaceful. So I think that I've done things right. But I'm not going to say that there's not some family dynamic still that we need to start changing. But it started with me. 15 years ago, you know, it started with me. My daughter-in-law looked at me at one point and she said, either you start changing some of the way you are now, or you will never see your granddaughter. I don't want that, my choices, to interfere and to and to not have a relationship with my grandchildren or my children. I want to make sure that I am changing those broken places of my life. And it starts in my family dynamic. It starts, but it always starts with us individually in making that change first. And I think a key word, we're just about out of time, but the key word is truth. Yeah. Being truthful with yourself, realizing like you were, yeah, I'm doing something. Eh, That's not really the best. That's not serving me and my family. Um, And if you don't see the truth, I'm a firm believer in, it will all be revealed. It all, it's all there. It'll all come out. Sometimes you need to look for it. Sometimes it just organically comes out. But mm-hmm. in, the, in my journey, that was the first thing I ever heard. It will all be revealed. And it was <laughs> all along, yeah. every step of the way. It's like, man, why is I don't have an answer? Oh, that's what that was for. That's why right. that happened. That's what's going on. And along the way. Um, but unless you have that truth, you're not going to make those changes. Right. 
but but it's hard if if we're honest it's hard to oh, look yeah. at that truth because we don't want to look at ourselves we always want to try to blame somebody else and and so how do we stop this family generational dysfunction by looking at ourselves yeah those family myths those family secrets and then you know that that circular pattern um one of the other things that he said that i just now thought about was that if you really want to know how somebody is going to treat you get a third party involved so um you know let's say let's say you have a mother-in-law okay and you just and or you don't have a mother-in-law but you're dating and and um and your girlfriend brings her mom into the picture now the two people are inseparable in a healthy way but they're inseparable and their relationship is really good but then all of a sudden the girlfriend's mom comes into the picture and all she wants to do is spend time with her mom and she totally isolates you that's what's going to happen further on into the relationship mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying oh i know what you're saying and i and, and i also yeah. it, in my journey this is what i've realized when you first meet somebody they reveal everything like i said before mm-hmm. it'll all be revealed everybody shows themselves in the beginning and if you need to, you really need to look into it, understand it. You meet somebody for the first time, could be even a business connection, could be a client, whatever it is. They're revealing themselves at the start, but you got to pay attention to the cues because it is the yeah. cues of the future. Uh, but sometimes we don't. Sometimes when it's a, um, you know, a romantic relationship, you don't want to see things. So you're like, oh, everything's great. And you're not really paying attention. Or, or you can think you go into a relationship. Well, they're not going to be that way with me. And then there's that. <laughs> and, and Or I can change them. Well, somebody, uh, you I, know? I spoke about this recently, uh, the drama triangle, where many times we pay, play one part of the triangle. Either you play the victim, you play the perpetrator, mm-hmm. or you play the, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Fix it. What you just described mm-hmm. is the fixer. Yeah, I can fix mm-hmm. it. They'll be fine with me. I can fix that. Um, but sometimes you gravitate to the victim. Why? Woe's me. Why did this even happen? Why? Um, never want to be in that in that triangle. You had mentioned triangle before, so that's why it popped in my head. Yeah, yeah. Such an interesting converse, such an interesting dynamic and conversation. Yeah, but it's you know? it is the baseline for our lives once we figure out what went on back there and why we're acting this way, and we're passing it on to our kids, whatever that is. We are. We are. Codependency falls into this, you know, um, you know, the the relationships, the anger, the abuse, the verbal, yeah. whatever it is. I mean, it's it's huge topic of what it is. What is that family dynamic, mm. that generational dynamic that we want to change? That is not good, not healthy. Um, well, that, you know, it's that's what you do. You're there to help people realize it, make that change, move their lives forward. What's your website, Cheryl? It's insightlifecoaching.coachsolutions.cc. Yeah. Good talk today. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's so important, Thanks. but we don't think about it. You know, why we're doing what we're doing and not to put the blame on the, you know, our parents or their parents or their parents, but a lot of it is kind of governed by that way, but sometimes you got to break that cycle. Right. And, and, and I'm uh, all about breaking the cycle. Yep. And that's what you do. Great. Yeah. Cheryl, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Steve. And we'll be right back. Talk to you next week. Yeah. All right. 
Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.